0: at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started.
1: But I am excited to be here and share with you as we begin our new series uh, in the Gospel of Luke. And then welcoming you to your 2023 apprenticeship in the way of Jesus. It's our mission at the Erickson Covenant Church to help people find and follow Jesus so they flourish in Christ and fulfill his mission In the world, that's our mission. But the only way we'll be able to really do that, to help people find and follow Jesus, to flourish in Christ, to fulfill his mission in the world, is by learning how to actually walk with Jesus, walking in his ways, walking by his word. It's the only way we'll be able to do that. And this learning how to walk with Jesus has often been described with the word you might recognize, called discipleship. Familiar word, right? That is, it's this process of being formed as disciples of Jesus, much like those first young men who became disciples of the rabbi Jesus followed him along the ancient roads of Israel. They were soaking in his teaching, both public and private. They were watching him interact with needy people, snobbish bigots, They were observing him as he regularly would withdraw for prayer. Where did Jesus, where is Jesus? Where did he go when they woke up in the morning? He would withdraw regularly for prayer with his father. They would learn by standing in attention as he healed lepers and lame. They would gape as he cast out demons. And eventually they were being empowered to start doing some of the very same things. And these disciples of Jesus learned by following, by observing, by mimicking Jesus himself, by taking cautious steps on their own, under his authority, and growing in confidence as the Spirit's power was flowing through them, and God's grace was evident through them, and then always returning to Jesus to follow him more. Their discipleship, becoming a disciple, was always in reference to the Master himself. But discipleship has become a less meaningful word for us these days, partly because churches have used it to describe virtually everything that they do, but haven't always provided real boots on the ground, actionable practices that, well, disciple people, but also because the word discipleship isn't used that much culturally anymore. I mean, Cult leaders have disciples, right? Multi-level marketers seem to have disciples. Taylor Swift has disciples. Just ask Ticketmaster. But seriously, who else has disciples these days, right? It's an odd word. But apprenticeships, on the other hand, that we understand. We all know people who are in an apprenticeship of some kind. You yourselves, many of you have gone through some kind of apprenticeship, whether in a trade or a profession. And we all kind of get what that means. You learn how to work proficiently and professionally within a chosen area, whether it's a plumber or a lawyer or an accountant or a chef. And so you go and you work under a master, right? And you learn bit by bit, sometimes painfully, the ins and outs of a particular profession with the hopes and the plans that someday when you've put in enough hours and you've passed the required tests and you've proven yourselves proficient, you'll be deemed ready and granted the status of Red Seal, PNG, Doctor, CA, whatever the designation your particular profession or trade carries, when we consider what apprenticeship means in our culture, certainly what it meant historically, we recognize within apprenticeship a kind of learning, learning for proficiency that Jesus was actually aiming at when he called his disciples and then commissioned them later to do the same. That we are called as followers of Jesus to become his apprentices, to learn the ins and outs of the way of Jesus, hands-on, as we're following him, with an expectation that we are learning, bit by bit, the ways of the master himself, that we are growing in proficiency, that we are more adequately representing the master in the very ways that we think and serve and love and worship, the ways we spend and save and give, the acts that we participate in, the ones that we reject, that we are living as his apprentices. And as apprentices, we're always learning. And that doesn't mean that we're constantly sitting around a room surrounded with books, although some of us would be okay with that. We're learning actually in the trenches. We're learning to see the world around us through the story of God, through the scripture, We're learning to live for the glory of God and the good of our neighbor in the very fabric of our lives. And we do spend time sitting at the feet of the master, learning from the scriptures. But the goal is always implementation, coming from an inner transformation so that we live out an increasing mastery of the Jesus way. So are you ready for your 2023 apprenticeship? Now, alongside the cultural understanding that we have of apprenticeship, there has been the rise of the popularity of the masterclass. Are you familiar with this? Have you seen these advertisements? Have you done a masterclass, anyone? Well, you should check it out. With over 180 offerings, you can learn comedy from Steve Martin. Did you know that? You can learn how to cook from Gordon Ramsay. You can learn how to fly fish, I think. I don't know how that works on screen, but apparently you can learn a lot of really cool things where you submit yourself to a master in a field, not someone who just has book knowledge, but someone who's actually done the work, who isn't teaching from theory, but hard-won practice. And the whole idea of a master class is quite intriguing because it sets us up to ask, what does it mean to learn from a master? And not just learn from, but actually implement these practices, these insights into our daily lives. And so a slightly different question, are you ready for your master class in 2023? Here's what we're going to do. This year, we're going to take a master class with Jesus through the gospel of Luke. Now, the Gospel of Luke, if you were hanging around at all in Advent in December, we already started it. We already got a a ways in. And so we're gonna back up, skip over, keep going. Don't worry, I'm not gonna preach through all the stuff that we just went through in Luke again. But Luke, the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, third book in the New Testament, will be our apprenticeship guide. And it lays us... It lays out for us tracks in which we can follow Jesus, tools we can learn to use so that we master the trade that Jesus has called us to practice, that is, the Jesus craft of kingdom living. And the Gospel of Luke is a super rich story. And I hope that this theme of apprenticeship for us kind of as a framework, a way of thinking, engaging. It will help us approach this gospel of Luke so that it's so much more than just story on a page or a textbook. Could we enter together into Luke's story of Jesus as our apprenticeship curriculum, our trade manual, even our discipleship playbook. And my hope is that as we gather here, as you gather in small groups, spiritual friendships, but particularly as we gather here for the teaching time, that you'll approach our gatherings with a ready mind and open heart, but also hands that want to get to work. With an expectation that what we learn together here is for the sake of implementation in our daily lives out there. As January unfolds, I'm going to give you some more practical ways we can make this apprenticeship concrete, actionable. But for today, I want to begin by just looking at the first four verses of Luke's gospel and get us to just consider the idea of apprenticeship and the goal of this master class with Jesus. So let's pray together and then dive into Luke. Lord Jesus, you are our master, and we sit at your feet today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would lead us. We come from different spots. Some of us are followers of you, Jesus. Would you call us more deeply to follow you? Some of us are here today we're visiting or we're checking things out, we're not sure about you. And you understand that. In fact, you had a fair few followers who weren't sure about you either. And I pray for each one today who's maybe exploring, maybe have just found themselves here today, online or with us here in person, that there'd be something intriguing for each one. that They might step forward and be willing to check a few more things out from you may be intrigued by this whole idea of learning from a master. And for all of us, we just ask that we receive today what you have. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the first four verses of Luke. I'm reading from the New International Version. This is how Luke begins his story of Jesus. Many have undertaken to drop an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who were the first, from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. And here we have, in these opening verses... Three critical aspects for our apprenticeship journey. Solid method, defining passion, and clear goal. Let's look at them in turn. First, the solid method. Luke is not a fly-by-night, unauthorized biographer picking up nasty little tidbits from tabloid news. He's not going around and finding out the latest salacious salacious gossip. No, Luke is an educated physician who has a front row seat in all that God has been doing through the spirit-filled early church. He was a companion of the apostle Paul. He was a Gentile follower of Jesus and he sets out to write a carefully investigated orderly account of the story of Jesus' life and ministry. Now, you may know that Luke's gospel is volume one of two volumes. He actually went on to produce another account of the early church called the Acts of the Apostles. He dedicates it to the same guy. And Luke is a very trustworthy historian with a marvelous eye for detail and a commitment to the truth. Scholars who are both secular and devout have looked at Luke's work from every angle, and each one of them have come up with glowing commendation. Luke does a good job. He does his job well. What we've got here is a bona fide, good news story of Jesus, anchored in the facts of history, backed up by eyewitnesses to the actual events themselves, and attesting to the Master Jesus and his kingdom ways for anyone who's willing to take it up and read. And this is critical for us as Jesus' apprentices. If you can't wholeheartedly trust the manual you're following, if you're wondering whether it's true or trustworthy, you'll never fully invest yourself in the tradition, in the story, in the trade that you're trying to master. If you're looking at the manual and you're thinking, that does not make sense, two do not equal 93. You know what I'm saying? If you realize that, you're never gonna really follow. But we can trust this story. Now, you may find yourself in a place of doubt or uncertainty, and yet there's a bit of an interest in apprenticing with Jesus, at least finding out more about what he is about. Well, what then? What if you aren't sure yet? Well, here's the great thing about apprenticing with Jesus. He invites you to follow him anyway. He invites you to try him out. Confess your doubts, dig into his story, and just see how well it holds up. Same with Luke. So here's the challenge for you. If you're struggling a bit with trust, not sure if you can trust the Bible, not if you can trust the whole Jesus story, I invite you to dive in and see where it takes you. Start learning. Start learning. See if this story of Jesus doesn't attest to the truth itself. The proof is actually in the practice. It's when you get in and start working with it. But at least have this in your mind, each and every one of you. Luke, as a gospel, as a story, has been thoroughly tested by the best scholars we have. And he's come up golden every time. We can trust him enough to get started. We can trust him enough to keep following because Luke follows a solid method. I think that's really important. The second critical aspect of our apprenticeship is a defining passion. Luke dedicates his orderly account to a man named Theophilus. Any of you name your kids Theophilus? Middle name? Well, there you go. You know, could suggest it to someone. Do you know what Theophilus means? Shout it out. Somebody knows. Lover of God. God lover. That's what Theophilus means. Theo for God, Phyllis for lover. This God lover is also given an honorific title, most excellent. You know, he's not just an average God lover, he's the most excellent one. Well, what does this mean? There's two possibilities. The first one is that this is a real guy named Theophilus, like This is our baby son. His name's Theophilus. Oh, that's an odd name. Yes, we know. But this is, it could be a real dude. Perhaps a wealthy man, a possible sponsor of Luke's writing. And the name could be a happy coincidence that he's a man who was named lover of God and grew up to be a lover of God. In this case, a follower of Jesus. That's clear in what Luke is writing. And and Luke is saying, I'm writing to shore up your faith through this carefully investigated account so you know that the things you believed are true. And this most excellent reference may indicate that he's a man of some standing, some rank, maybe even some kind of civil servant. You know how we call people, you know, ladyship or worship or whatever. Well, that's one possibility. I think the other possibility is more compelling. I'll just tell you this. And that's the theory that Theophilus is kind of a nickname. Maybe for a real guy, maybe even for a group of people, and perhaps even any reader who approaches the story as a lover of God. Theophilus, most excellent Theophilus, is, could be a way of saying, this is for you. All you who truly love God, who truly want to know him, who yearn to know his ways and follow his word, I dedicate this to you. Take your pick. But could we approach our apprenticeship as people who are carrying the nickname Theophilus, God lover. Nicknames are often names that we pick up because of something about us, something that characterizes us, right? Something we're known for or identified as. I have a friend, you won't be surprised to find out, that I run with who is known locally as the running man. But perhaps you know someone who's the science guy or the trivia buff. And we are all thankful for people in our family who are known as the tech nerd. Right? (laughs) (laughs) We are often defined by our passions. And this Theophilus, well, He's known as a God lover. And could that be true of us? Or might it be possible as we enter this apprenticeship with Jesus that we begin to take on a characteristic such that we begin to be identified with God as our central love, as our defining passion? Because what we realize as we get into the apprenticeship with Jesus is that it's not simply about mastering a trade, it's about loving a master. As Jesus apprentices, God is, or at least will become, our defining passion. Which leads us to the third critical aspect of our apprenticeship, and that is the clear goal. Luke writes this carefully investigated, orderly account to this passionate God lover with a very clear goal. What is it? Right at the end of verse 4, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Luke wants all God lovers to be confident Jesus followers rooted in the story of what has been fulfilled through Jesus. What has been attested to us through eyewitnesses and servants of the word. What has been sifted through and weighed out and verified by and then drawn up with careful precision. Luke wants us to be confident in who Jesus is confident about what Jesus has done, confident about what he's continuing to do now through us by the Spirit. And this goal of confidence is critical to our apprenticeship. It's critical to any apprenticeship, isn't it? I mean, you don't want an apprentice, uh, you know, a, a brand new Red Seal chef, walking in the kitchen saying, oh, I don't really know what to do here. You certainly don't want your carpenter doing that. Well, I'm not sure. They never talked about that. Do you want that kind? You want a confident person. Now, I know we can run into some people that might have too much confidence. They're scary too. But the goal of an apprenticeship is that we would have a kind of confidence. In many ways, that defines what we mean when we talk about mastery or proficiency even as Jesus followers. Because in the way of Jesus, of course, there's a sense in which we will always be apprentices. We will never truly be masters, right? We know that. We're always followers. We're always learning. We're always growing. There'll never be a time when we can say, check, done, thank you, bye. I've learned my stuff, mastered, red seal follower of Jesus. And yet, we can say that the goal of our apprenticeship is to live at a level of confident faith with some kind of proficiency of practice. And the goal of Luke helps us see what that looks like. His whole book will help us see what that looks like. Luke's goal in writing is the goal of our apprenticeship with Jesus, that we would know the certainty of, Know the trustworthiness, the solid bedrock of what we have been taught by Jesus, of what we have received through the church, what we have received down through history, what we have received through the scriptures, that we would have a confidence about Jesus, about the kingdom of God, about the ways of Yahweh, about the power of the Spirit. The goal is that we would increase our confidence in him, in his ways, in his word. Not a confidence that makes us proud or arrogant, but a confidence that makes us proficient, stable. Not blown about every time you hear something different. Not constantly cringing because we aren't sure we can stand up to the latest thing that's being said. No. A kind of proficient confidence because we know who we can trust. And we know how we are to follow him. As apprentices, we're rooted in a story that is bigger than us, that's been field-tested by millions, billions in fact, and has been handed down to us by trustworthy witnesses. And this means we approach the story of Jesus through Luke, not as judges, but as students, not as critics, but as learners, knowing that yes, we have much to learn, tons to receive, miles to go before we're done. And yet, as we do, we will grow. We will become more confident because Jesus will be leading us. Luke wants us confident. In fact, you could even say Luke's goal in writing his whole gospel, as well as his account of the early church in the book of Acts, is also that we could, as lovers of God, follow Jesus confidently that as lovers of God, follow Jesus confidently. And that's the goal of this masterclass in Luke. This apprenticeship in the way of Jesus that you and I would become more and more lovers of God following Jesus confidently. And that's what I'd like you to mull over this week. As we begin this new year together, I'd like you to ask the question of yourself, am I willing to apprentice with Jesus this year? I want you to sift that question because what I'm asking you to do is a change of perhaps perception, expectation, that even as we gather here and the other things we do as a, as a congregation, that you're, you're coming with a certain mindset. You're not just coming to get, but you're coming to learn. You're not just coming to like sit, but you're coming to implement. There's something different in there. And so I want you to take that question with you this week. Am I willing to apprentice with Jesus this year? And over the next few Sundays, as I already mentioned, I'll sketch out some more concrete ways that you can make that apprenticeship real. But as we go today, I want you to ask yourself Do I want to apprentice with Jesus this year? Do I want to grow as a God lover? following Jesus more confidently? And if so, am I ready for that apprenticeship? That's the question I leave with you today. We're gonna transition to, to communion, but let me, uh, let me pray for that as we conclude. Jesus, I am in awe of how you call us to follow you right from where we are. When we look at the ragtag bunch of guys you called to follow you in the first place, when we look down through history, frankly, when we look around ourselves now in the mirror, we have to wonder if you couldn't have picked someone with a little more credibility, a little more of a leg up, someone with a little more promise And yet you chose us, the weak, the foolish, the forgotten. You chose people that no one else would have to follow you. And we're humbled by that. And today, just as we begin this year together and as we begin this story of Luke together, I just simply pray that this idea, this concept, framework of thinking about our lives as apprentices of you, I pray that that would capture our imaginations. Maybe reframe some things for us. What we're doing as we learn to pray, as we serve together, as we read your scripture, as we gather to worship, we think about our neighbor. We wonder what's going on in the world around us. We consider some of the decisions we need to make. Where to spend our money. Where to go on vacation. Whether to invite that neighbor over for supper. How to discipline our kids. What approach we should take in our job. I pray, Lord Jesus, that it's as we're apprenticing with you, you would help reframe our lives so that we're living increasingly confident in your ways. We pray this for us as the Erickson Covenant Church. For all the families, all the individuals who are connected to our congregation, and for all those who may join us on this journey this year. We want to follow you, Jesus. We want to do that confidently, and so we ask that you would lead us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericsoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.